Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship. Well, some of you are here at Zion United Church of Christ. Others are home, but together we all make up the church. So welcome to worship while we gather either here in this place or together online. Now, friends, I'm so sorry that I'm unable to be with you today. Unfortunately, I did come in contact with somebody who has the coronavirus. So far, all Duffies have tested negative. 
but I am just staying away from all of you because there is no chance that I want to get a single one of you sick. I'll even be retested again next week before I head back to church. But God bless you all. I miss you all. And I love you all so much that I cannot risk getting a single one of you sick. So instead, we have this virtual service planned for you with many help from Zach and from everybody, all of our ushers, lectors, all who are gathered here. So thank you for the help from all of them. And now let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you for all of the ways that you allow us to gather together. We thank you for your spirit and your presence that surrounds us. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. Bless us with your spirit and with your power while we are here in this place or worshiping online wherever we are. Bless us with your spirit and your power during this time of worship. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So today we are going to talk about superheroes. So my first question before we talk about superheroes is, Mr. Sleepy Pants, what is your favorite Avenger? My favorite superhero is Captain Marvel. I don't really have a favorite Avenger, but I just really like this Iron Man. I think it's pretty cool. My favorite superhero is Captain America. My favorite Avenger? Well, I don't really have one, but I think the Hulk is pretty cool. So why in the world are we talking about Avengers? Now, the reason that we're talking about Avengers is because I thought about Avengers when we were in Bible study this week. Because in Bible study, as we were reading our Bible, we were in a letter called Thessalonians. Can you say Thessalonians? Thessalonians? Thessalonians. That was a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul, you've heard of him, to the church in a place called Thessalonica. And in that letter, the Apostle Paul says for all the people that they need to live the holiest that they can. They need to, to try to be good and be loving and to act in good and right ways. And then he says, no matter what happens, remember that the Lord is and Can you read that word? Is an avenger. Avenger! The Lord is an avenger in all these things, which made me think about the Avengers. So the Avengers are on my mind. But what's it mean to be an avenger? To be an avenger means that you're going to watch out for people, that you're going to make sure that everything's okay, that if bad things happen, that you're going to help to make those bad things right. So when the Apostle Paul tells us that God is an avenger for us, that means that God is going to make sure that no matter what, all things work out for good. Even when there's evil in this world, even when there's bad people in this world, God loves us and God will always be on our side. God is like an avenger, our own avenger, always working 
for us if we stay faithful and if we live good and holy lives. All right, that's it. Have a blessed day. for Veterans Day today. When I say to you, O God, you say, we give thanks. We pause today to remember those who go to war in our name. We give thanks for their courage. To you, O God, we give thanks. 
Remind us, O God, that the goal of any war is justice and peace. To you, O God, we give thanks. On this day we pause in worship to give thanks to God for veterans. To you, O God, we give thanks. Enable us to know how to comfort them and how to bind up their wounds, those seen and unseen. To you, O God, we give thanks. And we pray for a time when peace will reign and swords become plowshares once more, that war be known only in the history books. To you, O God, we give thanks. We give thanks, gracious God, that you remain with us as we celebrate the service of all who dared to go forth in our name. We give thanks for those who protect us, and we ask for you to teach us to be makers of peace. To you, O God, we give thanks. Amen.
reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter. We will read the first 13 verses. So if you are here in the sanctuary or if you're at home, if you want to take a moment to find this verse, if you have a phone with a Bible app, or if you're at home and you might have a Bible in front of you, I'm going to give you just a moment to find those verses. We are again in the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter. We will read verses 1 through 13. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say, Amen. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then all of the bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went out to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So since I'm recording from home today, I thought that I would tell you a little story about what it's like here in the Duffy household, because maybe some people are curious. Now, on the days that my kids are in school, I count on them to get fully ready on their own. And I mean, when I say fully, they do get a lot of help. You know, first in the morning, I'm the one who wakes them up. One of them I usually do have to drag out of bed and help get dressed. The other one tends to get dressed on their own. And then I get them all ready, teeth brushed, make sure that they're downstairs. But once they're sitting at the table eating breakfast, that's when it's their turn to finish getting ready on their own. That's when it's their turn to make sure that they are fully ready, that that I head upstairs to go get myself ready. And after they're done eating breakfast, they need to clean their spot and they need to get their shoes on, their jackets on, their backpacks on, their, their their masks around their neck so that they'll be able to pull them up when they get to school. That's when they need to get fully ready on their own. Of course, everything is laid out there for them. I mean, my kids do have it pretty easy. And as if that's not enough too, I also yell down to give them a 10 minute warning and then a five minute warning because when I come down the stairs, I want them fully ready to walk out the door with me because we've got to get to school. We've got to go drop them off before I head to church for the morning. Now, most of the time, the kids are ready. Most of the time, they're ready to walk out the door the second that I get down there. But sometimes they're not quite ready. Sometimes one of them might be missing some shoes on their feet or one of them might have their backpack on but not a jacket on and it might be too chilly to go outside without a jacket. Sometimes one of them is not fully ready. I'll let you guess about which one you think that is. (laughs) But I'm gonna let you guess a little bit. You know, I tend to be pretty easygoing with most things. But when I come downstairs and I've given the kids 10 minutes and five minute warnings and I ask if they're ready, do you think I'm too pleased when they're not fully ready? At least one of them is not. Absolutely not. I do expect them to be ready. Well, I'll tell you, if I was to write a modern twist on the parable that we just read, it would all be about getting kids ready to leave the house. Are any parents there with me? You know, it would all be about getting kids, the more kids, the more of a parable you have, getting kids ready to leave the house when you have to leave at a certain time. Because talking about all these these women marrying this one man, that doesn't really fit with what we understand today. But to imagine getting kids ready to leave the house when it's time to go, that is a parable that I think we'd understand a little bit more. But what does this parable have to do with? Well, at the end of Jesus' life and ministry, he tells his disciples that they need to share a message of readiness, that it's important for all followers of Jesus to understand that we need to be ready because there will come a day when the Son of God will return. There will come a day when Jesus himself will return and we should all be ready. There will come a day when God will put an end to our free will as we know it, and God will take 
control and we will need to be ready. There will come a day when, thank God, God will put all evil under God's feet and all evil will be extinguished and we will need to be ready. Even think about it, our lives could come to an end tomorrow and we might not know it and we should be ready. And apparently God's not going to appreciate it if we're like, oh, wait, just give me five more minutes, God. You know, I'm almost ready for you. God's not going to appreciate that very much. God expects that when that time comes, we've had enough warning. We've had all of those warnings that our hearts and our minds will be ready. But the problem with being ready is that there's always some who procrastinate. I think that's why Jesus is always reminding us to stay awake, to be ready, because Jesus does not want us to be among the procrastinators. Oh, I'll go to church someday. Oh, I'll start to pray someday. Oh, I'll start doing things that are good and right and holy someday. There's always procrastinators out there. But then there's also those who always have their ducks in a row, like those who go to church every Sunday. Those who make sure that that they're always spending time in prayer and giving thanks to God. I'm looking at you folks. There's always some who have their ducks in a row. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about somebody in this family, because again, I'm at home thinking about my family at the moment. And there's somebody in this family who tries to always make sure that they've got their ducks in a row. Well, before the coronavirus hit, I'll tell you, my husband listens to a lot of scientific podcasts as he's driving to and fro work. And before all this hit, my husband seemed to know that the coronavirus was going to hit the United States and that it was going to be bad. So long before anybody was talking about stocking up any goods, any supplies whatsoever, my husband got to work. He made sure that we had all our paper products that we needed in the basement. He went and checked our bread maker because he thought, well, hey, if there's a food shortage, we're going to make sure that we have enough bread to eat. So he made sure he had all the supplies and he checked our bread maker. And when he realized that that bread maker was missing a piece because it hadn't been used in God knows how long, he made sure to get a new one. And he made sure that we had everything that we needed to stock the shelves. I mean, I'll tell you that this is, again, long before anybody was stocking up at all. I went to Aldi's and he had been talking about this for a while. So I went to Aldi's and I got a case of pasta and a case of pasta sauce and brought it home. And he was so very proud of me because here I was acting like him and being ready. But there are some who pay attention. There are some who think, well, you know, I see what's going on and and I think it's going to be big. There are some who pay attention and make sure that they have all their ducks in a row. And if it was left up to me, I probably would have been like those bridesmaids that didn't have enough oil. When we talk about the pandemic, I would have been like them and would have been probably somewhat clueless. Whereas my husband would have been like one of the bridesmaids who was fully ready to go and like, oh, sorry, you're out of luck. But some people are good at making sure that they are ready while others are not. But this type of readiness that Jesus is talking about is a little bit different. It's not just about stocked shelves or or masks that we'll need, but it's even a little bit more important. Jesus is talking about spiritual readiness. 
Jesus is talking about the, the fact that our hearts need to be ready. Now, a commentary that I was reading by Stephen Westerholm says, The point of the parable is summed up in verse 13. Given the certainty of Jesus' return, but the uncertainty of its timing, one should maintain a constant state of readiness, living at all times with the same moral earnestness and the same fervor and focus in one's service, as one would show if one knew Christ's return was imminent. Now, I love the two examples that Stephen gives here. Moral earnestness and fervor and focus on one's service. Now, we've learned how to be ready for a pandemic. If we're hit with a pandemic again, I, after some years after this, I think we might be a little bit more prepared than we were for this one. We've learned how to get ready for a pandemic. But have we learned how to be ready spiritually? How can we be ready in moral earnestness? Now, that's an, an odd word, earnestness. How can we re be ready in moral earnestness? But that's like, how, how can we basically make sure that we're having good and right behavior? Now, when we talk about kids, good and right behavior tends to be pretty simple. You know, in our household, we have a no hitting and a no pushing rule. So for a kid, you know, as long as you're not hitting or, or pushing or calling somebody a poopy head or something like that, then you've got pretty good behavior. But for an adult, it's a little bit different, isn't it? We're, we're held to slightly higher standards than not hitting or pushing, though we should do neither of those things, or calling anyone a poopy head or anything of the like. But we're also had, held to higher standards. But here's the thing about the Bible. Now, if you missed any of our Bible studies, uh, some of our readings were really interesting, especially the Wisdom of Solomon. That was a greatly interesting uh, reading that we did this week. But a lot of the Bible talks to us about how to make sure that we have moral excellence in a way, that we are morally behaving ourselves. But it also explains to us both in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, that God, that God does not judge the way that humans judge. God actually judges some people at a higher standard than God judges other people. So for us to be ready with moral earnestness, that doesn't necessarily mean the same for each and every single one of us. If somebody is poor and needs to steal to get food for their family, they are not going to be judged the same way as somebody who has great wealth and, and steals from the wealth and the retirement of others. Even if they're both stealing, they're not going to be judged the same way by God. Stealing a loaf of bread to put food on your table is one thing. Stealing somebody's retirement because you want uh, to get even richer is a completely other thing. And so God says that, that God judges us in different ways. Those who are wealthier, those who are in greater power, they are actually judged at a higher level than those who have less. Those who are teachers, including pastors, especially pastors, are held at a higher standard than those who are not. We are all held at a higher standard. So how do we make sure that we are having the moral earnestness that is required of us? How are we making sure that our behavior, that, that even maybe the way that we focus on our lives and live our lives, that it is good and holy and right? How do we make those decisions? Now, the problem is that it's not a thing that I can just easily answer for you. 
because it looks different for every single one of us. The way that one of us lives might not be the same exact as the way that others live. Yet let's just imagine if we are doing something and God was to return in the middle of our doing it, do we think that God would approve? That I think is the way that we can judge what our behavior should be if we want to make sure that we're ready. And then the other thing that we're told to to think about is our fervor for God's service. So are we making making sure that what we are doing is helping to serve God, to serve the community, and to serve others? Are we doing everything and anything just to serve ourselves, or are we doing things to serve others? Are we getting out there into the world as safely as we can at this time in order to help and to serve others? That's another good question we can ask ourselves as we think about the question, are we going to be ready if Christ was to return tomorrow? Now, right after this election is probably an excellent time to ask ourselves this question. Are we still loving our neighbor, even after an election, even the one who voted differently from us? Are we still working for peace in this world and being agents of peace? Are we still standing up for those in need? Are we still blessing others with our words and our actions, both in person and online? Are our words still a blessing to those who hear them? Fervor in service means that we need to be eager to get out there and to help other people. So we need to ask ourselves these questions. Are we still loving? Are we still loving our neighbor, no matter who they might be? Are we ready? Are our hearts ready? Are our minds ready? Are our minds in the right place or are we stuck thinking about things and stewing over things and dwelling over things that maybe aren't helping us to grow spiritually? Are we ready? What if Jesus was to return tomorrow? Would our hearts and our minds be ready? No matter what we need to ask ourselves, are we ready? If God was to run down the stairs and ask us if we're ready to leave, ready to go out the door, would our shoes be on, our backpacks be on, our jackets be zipped, would we be ready to go out the door? That's my twist of the modern parable. Are we ready? If tomorrow the Savior of the world comes back to check on us. It's not something that's supposed to scare us. It's not a question that should leave us afraid. But it's something we should think about. How are our hearts? How are our minds? Do we need Sabbath rest? Do we need to take a break from some of the stuff going on in the world? Do we need to spiritually connect? Do we need to spend more time in prayer and more time in study? Are our hearts and our minds ready? Are we loving God and are we loving others? Because in the end, that's what matters the most. Will you join with me in a moment of prayer? Good and gracious God, we thank you and we love you. Lord, if we're not focused on you enough, if our love towards you is not great enough right now, refocus us today. Help our hearts and our minds to focus on you and serving your people. Fill us with your love and with your power on this day. We pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. I will never be same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I will run the race and I will never be the same again. I will never be the same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I will run the race and I will never be the same again. Fall like fire so God. 
the same again and I will never be the same again Now, friends, go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ in your heart. Go forth, be good, and do good, and prepare your hearts always for the Lord. Go and be blessed.